definitionally. I think it counts as resilience. How much pressure can you take until you break? You never have to deal with it, right? Is the difference. So, I mean, I'm okay with that because then I'm a fucking starborn. But my point is, (laughs) (laughs) most people would probably be like, no, you dealing with your problems is the good one. Avoiding them is the not the fortitude. I mean, well, okay, so sure. To take this digression real quick and break this down, he's clearly not a mortal wizard because he's podcasting right now. So, like, uh, are you maybe I can just book? control my magic better than him. Thank you. You, you do not you have any of the emotional turmoil of a human being. No, you I also had some that. questionable stances on children and and their their statuses. So I'm I'm sensing some Fomorian ties here. You're not wearing a turtleneck though, so that's in your favor. Like, you, know. you just have a beard now to cover. So it's, that's true. You got any gills yeah. under there? You'll never know. <laughs> yeah. We got to stop this because it's about to go towards like the boys because gills can be in other places. And, you know, just I don't need to see that today. So, you know. Did you need to see it ever? Nobody ever needed to see that. Well, okay. But definitely not today is all I'm saying. So. It could be worse. It could be a blowhole somewhere you don't want it to be. Uh. <laughs> welcome okay. to the dresden files classy podcast version classy yeah that's us we're the classiest <laughs> I mean, i'm not hearing any complaints so far so i'm gonna roll with it all right we have this half-baked of an idea of what we're, we're going to talk about second guessing any and all of harry's decisions he's ever made don't call it a half-baked this is a solid and worthwhile idea that we it came was, up with five minutes ago. Yeah, it's not half baked. It's easy bake. Right. It's the little cup with the done. powdered cheese that you can't even call cheese, and we've mixed it yeah. together, and here we are. It's even like, Andreas it's is like, here now. Yeah. It's, hello. It's, it's what are we coffee. About? You know. No, you don't get to. Fi- you have to go back and listen to our conversation when we weren't recording, and then you can figure yeah. it out. Look, oh. look at the show title. Look at the notes in the private chat. Try to keep up. So. Uh, yeah. I, I, true, I love our listeners. Yeah. So if we're classy, let's see. So like EG, are you the fighter, the director? I I don't want to pigeonhole you. Which healer are you? Just kidding. (laughs) Yeah, I was just wondering, probably probably the one that hurts you a lot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. With long needles and injections. Still trying to. So you're more of a plague doctor alchemist type than a. uh... Yeah, probably. Than like a little healer. From Darkest Dungeon, though, which is always going to make you bleed even as he heals you. Yeah. So grave cleric then, you know, where it's like you're you're you've got this weird yeah. death fetish, but mostly you like to keep people alive. I'm the kind of, of you know healer that is the necromancer <laughs> that knows how to keep people from dying because they know how to make people die. Right. I'm just gonna it's definitely worried about that mortar pustule set that I got you now. So also Holy super God. digging somebody expanding on that this year. So but okay, so second guesses. So the idea was to just pick, you know, at least a major, you know, uh, a choice of Harry's and holy crap, are there plenty to choose from? Right. Um, But just kind of spitballing from like an older, uh, you know, memory of reading since it's been a couple of years for me anyway, and it's about time to go back through them, Um, you know, in, in uh, Stormfront, like nothing immediately jumped out at me is like heinously wrong. But one that you that we could easily talk about was like his deciding to, you know, sign up with Marcone or not, because that would be one that would shape the rest of his life in the entire series, for example. So that's a pretty major decision to second guess. 
-hmm. Anybody else want to throw something in the ring? No, I think that's probably the big one from that. Unless we talk about taking the case in the first place and getting himself involved in all this, you know, nemesis bullshit, which he couldn't have possibly known. Right. Right. But it was a, a, a woman that needed help and it was money that he badly needed right. to pay for rent. So like he had all of the reasons of wanting to take the case. That's not quite so stupid. There was pros and cons to Marcone's office. Well, presumably gonna... they're all going to have reasons behind them. It's just a matter of, you know, if was it the right decision? Guess that he shouldn't have been a detective in a noir story because that's always going to be how it starts. Well, so he shouldn't have been a star <laughs> right. That wasn't a decision we could second guess, though. Mom did that to him on purpose. Yeah, but we're going to criticize Harry for all his worth. Uh, yeah, it's like, yeah. Harry, it, it's just too dangerous of a genre. You need to switch to something else. Like, go find <laughs> right. a nice historical romance or something. Like, don't stay in noir. It's too deadly. Right. God, could you imagine this idiot in a rom-com? Yes. I mean, I was going to say, he's like halfway there. Like, he can pull down relationships. He can't keep them. So that's like the perfect mix. It's the perfect mix for a rom-com, right? It's like, it's like how I met your mother. He's got eight seasons already, you know? Like, come on. I don't know how many rom-coms end with the death of the person's partner every time, but I feel like... Uh, uh, that's, that, I feel like that that this, that shells it into a slightly different genre. It's but more like Greek tragedy at maybe, that point. Maybe they wouldn't die if it was a rom-com. They're dying because he's in the noir genre and that's required. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Or they would all safe. die funny deaths like they'd turn into balloons and float away. Concerned about your sense of humor suddenly, but you know, other than that, okay, it's magic. So, you can do what you want. I, I mean, I personally just feel like they'd get on like the midnight train going anywhere or something. You're welcome for that. So, and then what? A final destination? It goes off the tracks. That's just more of the same. No, just like they move to a different city. That's how that normally ends. No, they're dying so, in every scenario. It's just a matter of how that turns I mean, into a rom on a long enough timeline. Yes, <laughs> right. Okay, so we're not talking about dating relationship advice. We yes. we put that one on the back burner. Somehow it always comes back to that. Okay, right. so Marcone, like he was very reasonable right, in his cell. Yeah, in his immediate future, right? In his immediate future, it probably would have been a really good idea. Do you think it still would have been a good idea? in the long term though right do you think marcone still would have been a freeholding lord do you think dresden would still get in all the trouble he did i mean potentially because marcone was like just keep doing what you're doing just don't come after me you know so it probably would have saved marcone a lot of money in insurance but yeah uh... that's harry probably would have especially in the first three maybe even four or five books would have had a lot more active help as opposed to kind of scrounging for it you think he would have um, teamed up with a church mice, you know, to go after the, uh, you know, because that, that's book five. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. Harry probably would have been the one that Marcone would have used to secure what eventually would be his freeholding Lord power base and all that right. stuff. And then Harry would have then, as a result, had a more direct because everything up until that point was Harry specifically saying, you're the lesser evil. I'll deal with you someday. And that's kind of what has allowed Marcone to be where he is now. But if he had a more hands-on, like he does with Mab and making the decision process, he could have easily thrown a wrench in that plan if he saw fit to. 
Well, yeah, I mean, I think my main quibble with the freeholding Lord thing is that I think he got the idea from guard, right? And he probably wouldn't have gotten guard if he had dressed. Yeah, he'd have gotten both. That avenue of guard is super valuable. Well, yeah, but I thought, like, I always took it that he went after guard because Dresden didn't sign. That he wanted a magical, you know, like... Uh, I mean, you know, oh, yeah, it's whatever, dark anyway, and it's too powerful a connection to not have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just that like guard gives more than just magical protection. She's an avenue to fucking Odin and asking right. those questions that he is clever enough to ask and pay the prices <laughs> for. Those are the really crucial, important things that he knows that he needs to gather. Like having magical thugs is also important, but he can get those anywhere. And who wouldn't want to fuck Odin? I mean, yeah. Who's the Mary Kill options, though? Just kidding. Okay, so. Okay, I'll come up with that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't you worry. Like, Faravax has got to be in there. So who's the who's the other? Because yeah, but um, um, Dracul. No. There you go. Uh, yeah, you're <laughs> right. Yeah, you got it. You got it in one. So yeah, but so Mary Faravax then. Uh, anyway, I'd probably marry Jack. Um, he seems like he's fun. Yeah. So again, with the bad guy thing and the beardiness, and it's coming together. So uh, well, I'm not going to yeah. kill him, but it's not going to happen. So yeah, I'd I'd be curious about how the angle with with you know Monarch worked differently, especially because of like so. I mean, I guess because of who, because of who's running the show, because it's Odin, and because Odin has a particular fondness for Harry he probably would get involved more, you know, like would Harry subcontract with Monarch and get even more access, you know, right. Like, it's, it's one of those that starts to be so big that it's like, you could see in an alternate universe, like there's the well-adjusted rich and successful Harry that it's like, Oh man, could you imagine if I didn't sign on with the mobster? What a fool I would have been, you know, because he's like, you know, living in a high rise instead of, you know, a hole in the ground. Or, I mean, now he's got a castle, so it's not all bad, but he had to go through a lot to get here. He could have had backing resources, multiple organizations instead of just the White Council. And then throwing in with like, you know, Monarch might have even given him some legitimacy, you know, beyond, uh, you know, what the White Council thinks that he's got, you know. But And then the other angle is how much more involved, because if I'm remembering correctly, Marcone and Bianca were kind of at heads in that right so he's getting involved with the red cord it seems either way yeah now it's just a matter of a a competitor and so if if then harry becomes the catalyst through marcone to starting the war how much quicker does the white council be like fuck that you're out sure yeah and then it probably becomes more of a, okay, now we need different ally, new ally or actual allies. Cause it's not like the white council is really going to help Harry through Marcone anyway. And then you get more into your Mabs and your uh, Lara's and possibly even Odin. So. Yeah. I mean, Laura's still a rival as well. And I mean that, but that mostly only kicks off after uh, blood rights you know, because she takes over and everything. I don't know that Papa Wraith gives a shit, you know, like up to that point. Like, yes, probably Marcone is a problem that will be dealt with at some point, but he probably wouldn't see him as like a direct rival, 
you know? Well, I guess the idea is more that Harry's there now, so you have the connection through Thomas, so you're still getting that, like, you're going to butt heads, but also, can we do something here? It seems like White Court didn't have much of a power base established in Chicago, uh, and they after the Red Court kind of gets, like, pushed out, that's kind of split, that split between uh, the White Court and Marcon. Well, they definitely ramped up, but I mean, I think it's more that the war facilitated it because they were supposed to be allies, you know, in name at a minimum. They weren't really working together in a huge way, but Vampire Solidarity and all that. Um, yeah, but I feel like the they're like all of them. They're probably diversified and they're everywhere, but it's sort of a matter of what matters to me at this moment. Chicago was important because of what it meant for their ability to kickstart everything. And the white court is just able to be anywhere. And they may have even, I mean, let's face it, the red court was focused in South America. The white courts probably still hold up in Europe as their main general old world power base. Yeah, they don't. Uh, I mean, you can how, say how that. South but like, is Chicago? It's not that south, right? It's how like south is Chicago? Yeah, it's like middle America-ish. It, I mean, it's the Midwest, but it's very north. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's the top of the Midwest. Yeah, that's one of the... Uh, right. Nothing north of that. Yeah, it's, that in Detroit no, would be up there. Because yeah. they're mostly, like, very South America-based and probably some southern states in that, like, in that, like, expanding upwards, right? But... Well, it's yeah, it's a chicken and the egg thing, right? They're they're based in South America because he lifted the concept from you know from dusk till dawn, right? And he wanted to have three kinds of flavors of vampires, and we're set in Chicago, so it's they're just going right. to have to be there. Don't think about it too much, you know. Like I don't think there's like Chicago. Yeah, Chicago's not like L.A., right? In L.A., you would absolutely expect that red courts running in the place, probably, or at least have heavy, heavy influence, right? They just are present in Chicago and you know being vampires they were one of the major supernatural players because I mean the red court up to the up to the war it was basically like the red court and the white council and then a bunch of everybody else right like those two were the superpowers in the supernatural world as far as like exerting power and influence right obviously the fake courts are there but they're not really trying to tip the scales that's part of what the accords are there for yeah. Um, you know, so I mean, it's probably like all major cities there. Everyone's going to have something there. It's just a matter sure. of what are your priorities at any given century? And right. where's your, you know, New York, LA, fucking Miami, all these places are going to have something. Right. Yeah. Every major city, everyone's going to try to have some amount of a, at least a business foothold, probably some amount of power foothold. Chicago has a reputation of corruption, and so everyone's doing everything. Marcone gets a lot of the blame at that, but he's not the only one. It's just well, I'm just talking about... Go ahead, it's, Andres. That it's the Red Court that is uh, running the, the most high-end escort service in, in Chicago and not the White Court, if they already had some presence there. Well, we could also possibly chalk that up to not quite fleshing out that detail of... Right. It could be that. It could also be that the, the White Court keeps a lot of personal power and they reproduce slower, but the red court can make new people and new thugs and new prostitutes at very high rate. And so they're able to kind of keep things churning. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the uh, narcotic effect of the saliva could help keep business happy, that the white court cannot quite do that because it's more just brain control. 
got the impression different... most of the escorts were just vanilla, like if not all were human. A lot of them probably are, but there's going to be the vampiric aid to the business that if I'm going to explore that, I would think that that's what the Red Court was doing to be able to keep uh, keep things running smoothly. Yeah, also, I mean, they have the porn industry. They have the Club Zero. Right. Marcone gets in on the Gentleman's Club stuff after, you know, the Red Court gets burned down there. So it's like... Yeah, I know. mean, at the at the risk of inflaming somebody with the idea, like, I, it's, it's almost like high-class, low-class type of thing too, right? You I know, mean, like the exactly Red Court... It. Yeah, the Red Court need bodies, right? So they, they don't give a crap if you're rich or whatever. You know, they just need access to bodies and blood. Whereas like the white court, you know, very much or more, you know, as much if, as anything are about the power or the manipulation and that sort of thing. So and it's appearances. Like, so, so yeah, sure. You know, Bianca has got the corner on the escort market, but she probably doesn't have like the top one or 10%, you know, or whatever, like, you know, your, your Senator rolls into town. He's not going to Bianca for an escort. He's going to Lara Wraith, you know, something like that. <laughs> Specifically. Um, just like her (laughs) right yeah like so and the other thing i was going to bring up about the like you know white court might have most of their power base in like europe maybe you know maybe some of the other houses and that sort of thing but obviously lord wraith and his direct family are in chicago for some reason you know like i don't know if we got a world reason for it other than the fact that the books take place in chicago (laughs) and he needed that mafioso like you know disappear on my hundreds of acres you know type of person or well they mentioned i think in blood rights that is just one of their houses again it's probably i wouldn't imagine they probably have one on the East Coast in a New York setting apartment type. They probably have something on the West Coast. Sure. I was just, uh, I think I might have mixed it up then. I, I had this idea that Bianca's escort service was kind of this high establishment thing, like Marcone makes it. Right. Uh, well, I think yeah. it's higher end than what you might think of as an old mid 80s back alley New York, you know, peep show. But I think even something like Marcones clearly Obviously steps it up a notch where he does that whole theme of the, the workout stuff. And it's all like, you know, this is this is really putting the effort in as opposed to we got a nice building and and here you go. Yeah, I think I mean, I think the low class, high class thing is kind of right on the money. The high class don't advertise and the low class do, but they're going to give the appearance or the, at least the feeling of like getting into that high class section. And so I think. Bianca is doing just that. Everything looks very nice and looks very elegant, but she's so much more direct. It's it's clumsy compared to Lara. Lara doesn't need to do that. Yeah, it's like you could show up to Bianca's in a Mercedes, but you rented it. It's not your Mercedes. You just rented it for the day to go there. Whereas the people who go to Marcon's probably own the Mercedes. Oh yeah, they own the Rolls Royce that Harry destroyed. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, so I think we've okay. established that Harry could have fucked it up in a number of ways, even if he'd gone with Marcone. I don't know that sure. it's a better or worse decision. I think of all the decisions, it probably gets him fairly close to where he already is more than others, um, just based on how the early books shake out and then what logically seems like would happen. I wouldn't be surprised if he's, you know, if this was a parallel universe, that it would be one of the 
two or three stones throws away from his already main universe that I don't think it would be that different. Right. No, I, I do like the idea that it's like, he still would have wound up in the vampire war. He still would have, you know, had some key things. He just would have had, you know, a kind of ally in, in Marcone. Right. I mean, because he was probably going to be get, be paid like six figures, like initially. And, and if he was on retainer, like, so he's going to have real money, you know, especially for the era that the book is set in. Um, But I could also see Marcone being very Mab like in the whole, like, don't come crying to me about solving this problem. Like he's going to have some resources, but he, you know, he's probably not going to just be like, oh yes, you know, we'll just hire you a squad of your iron or yarn so that you can go stomp this problem or whatever, you know, but But I could also fantasize that that is one of those multiverses out there where he just does like, yes, this is my undead private security. Right. (laughs) So, so the, the deal specifically in, Stormfront was, I'm going to pay you a buttload of money to go away, to not be involved, to not do anything about these dead women, because that's what's going to hurt Harry. And that's what Harry can't stand. Um, Because, I mean, he he might be paid a a lot of money to also be involved in things, but specifically Marcone's going to try to control him. It's like, you don't look into this. That's where they will always butt heads. Um, Marcone is much more protective than Mab. Mab is like, uh, swim or die but he's going to do the thing and protect the people who are loyal to him. And Harry can't be loyal to Marcone if he's going to say, don't look into something, but he'll support him entirely. Go look into something. It's, it's a mirror, mirror level of suspension of disbelief, right? We're saying in this alternate universe, this Harry did have just the slight weaker character to say, okay, I'll overlook this one thing. And maybe it starts as a slippery slope. It's a, right. it's the same concept as what mirror mirror is going to be where Harry, for whatever reason, the, you know, my working assumption is that he decided not to throw down over Susan and that, that opens that up. Well, this one time I didn't do it. So now what other questions you know what other you know little little nibbles out of his you know ethics his integrity and all of that other stuff is going to happen um you know and so i think harry could could convince himself that he's largely intact if he had taken the marcone deal the first time and then he works with marcone a bunch of other mundane deals right but part of what i'm saying about like comparing him to mab is like slot marcone in instead of mab and be like, okay, so, so you know, Harry goes to Marcone and be like, well, they damaged the company car. And he's like, it's insured. Fuck off. <laughs> you know, like, why am I here? That would have been a Marcone answer, right? You know, Harry can't um, do paperwork. He needs people but, to do that for but, him. Yeah, but certainly by comparison to the White Council, for example, if Harry had shown up to the masquerade and, you know, Marcone found out that, you know, he had been drugged or whatever. Yes, Marcone would have brought the full might of his organization down potentially. Right. And so you've got the differences, though. It's like when Harry gets himself into trouble, he's not going to get any any more help than Mab would have helped him. But if somebody comes at Harry, you know, from the side out of the blue or whatever, then sure, Marcone's going to be like, oh, hey, we've got some sharpshooters. Do we still have that stockpile of silver? You know, we need some bullets. So, you know. The other big uh, consequence would most likely be there's really no good relationship with Murphy going forward. Sure. Um, which, so I'm 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 good with this series. Though. Or, I like or she idea. sells out just like half the cops in Chicago anyway. So that would, know. that would take another 
leap, I think. I know, I know. But but at the same time, like I could see later books uh, Murphy doing it, right? Yeah, Maybe like not when the they, early stuff. Well, that's the thing, though. It's your... You're... Go ahead. Oh, just like when they were t- talking about the Velvet Room uh, at the, that had been started up again with, by Marcone, uh, it was like, this is so blatantly obvious what they're doing and it's illegal, so why are you not cracking down on it? And she explains they're healthy, they're happy, they're well compensated, they're getting doctor checks at all the times. We have bigger shit to deal with. And so by that point, was a turncoat. She was already pretty uh, like gray in what she was going to try to enforce, but then like book one or something that probably would have hurt. Well, it's also a matter of, so going forward, a lot of the problems Murphy has and why she ends up being in the position she's in is because of helping Harry, which makes her take hits in her career and this, that, and the other thing. So in this scenario, it would probably have to be something like she's taking the hits because she's so zealously going after it because there was this guy that she kind of relied on a little bit and then it turned out to slap her in the face. And so now she probably goes, you know, dirty Harry over it. And... Ironic. fucks up in that way it is ironic yeah because she goes dirty harry a different way and sorry anyway well yeah so if she starts doing things and so like the next book where she's probably you know where she gets involved and she probably even goes harder after harry yes i'm gonna keep saying it um <laughs> yeah i was like i thought the double entendre was obvious but okay <laughs> and so you know because now he works for marcone so it's like well fuck this guy and then maybe she does take a shot at him instead of the wolf. <laughs> right. Or, the, or Denton was behind him. The wolf yeah. was behind her. Fair enough. Anything else to add before we second guess a different decision? I feel like we've covered a lot yeah, there. I think we got it. I, I think it's a fun one, just especially because it's an early one and, and fairly impactful. Like it, it may not have changed the story, you know, like Stormfront might not have changed whatsoever. Uh, you know, it just would have been one of those things that would have been ripples throughout, throughout the whole yeah, series. It's, it's a lot of ripples, but you're in the same pond. So sure. I mean, specifically if he had taken the deal of Marconi would have, we wouldn't have gotten Stormfront because he would have had to walk away. But the better yeah. deal that Marcone had put forward was in full moon when he was specifically just asking, I'm going to pay you a lot of money to be on my retainer and to protect me against this monster. Uh, and that one, Harry, that's also where I'm getting away. it. Yeah. That's and I, I had the same issue crossed. too. Okay. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. I, well, I was I like, mean, he did offer him to, to actually hire him at some point. But to protect but, yeah. against McFinn, which is yeah. like the, because the, yeah, chapter two, when we meet Marcone and Stormfront, it's like, here's uh, a month's worth of dollars. Just go take a vacation. But in, in full moon, it's, it, that was the better deal of, actually being a participant into the issue but also just protect Marcone. Mm-hmm. and that's he uh i think he would have been better suited to pick that one and be able to argue even further for better uh qualities into the contract but he, he turned that one down just out of spite right yeah i mean i'm gonna lump those in as the same thing just you know even despite my confusion because i think the better the better decision to second guess in uh full moon even than that one uh is just his decision not to tell murphy about kim delaney and that whole involvement i mean for example he would have kept a tooth you know that's that's a start but uh but i mean how how much time could he have fucking saved you know and possibly people if he had just gotten her involved in the first place it's not like she doesn't know about the supernatural 
my dude. It's not like you can't go there and be like, look, I know it looks bad, but here's all the verifiable facts and everything. I always felt like that was just kind of stupid. And it's like, as much as I hate Murphy in those moments and how she approaches Dresden and everything like that. And I feel like, you know, that's one of those sitcom level. If only we had talked for five minutes, this whole thing could have been avoided, you know, seriously, if only we had communicated. Right. And so, so to me, that's the one that I call out is like, he absolutely should have told her, you know, if anything, maybe it would have sped up the timeline. Maybe he could have gotten to key places in time instead of like, you know, literally escaping from Murphy and handcuffs and whatever. It obviously damaged their relationship slightly. You know, they, they recover it in two books anyway, but. They recover um, it inside the same book when she realized he was on the, the still the same side. Yeah. But I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't really get better until he brings her in in summer night, you know, um, which was the smartest decision he ever made. It's one of sure. But, mm. and it's funny too, cause we were sitting here thinking about summer night and it's like, uh, did he make any bad decisions in summer night? I mean, he got dealt bad cards. Don't get me wrong. He certainly made bad decisions before summer night. That's why he's in this mess. But, um, I, nothing immediately jumped out that it was like, second guessable so if you're thinking ahead you know put it in the chat or that sort of thing but but anyway yeah so i mean i guess the bigger decision i had forgotten that marcone came at him a second time in full moon that and that's where he offered to hire him as a retainer so that was the one i was more thinking of but specific to full moon as well you know just not bringing in murphy on that on kim delaney and just be like i mean it would have been easy it would have been an easy conversation like yes a big badass powerful wizard had to do this. I don't know who my apprentice had this honor and I didn't know what it was at the time, but now, you know, as much as I know, please don't punch me in the mouth. <laughs> like easy. Yeah. I was going to say, cause full moon's always the one I remember the least, but I don't remember it being a particular, cause even as they're walking through the room and doing that, like Harry's slowly piecing together what he's about to see. Right. So then at that point, is there really a, a, Anything he's going to be able to say that doesn't get him punched in the face and arrested at that moment. Because I don't well, recall there being a point of conversation. Like, Kim Delaney leaves, and we never hear a word one again from either party about what's going on with her until she's dead. Right. I But I thought there was, there was like, a point early on, and, and possibly even before they go into the room, where, like, Murphy's like, if you know anything, you're going to tell me. And he's like, you know, like, well, I can't. And, you know, because he's still playing the whole, like, I can't because that would tell you about the White Council, you know, thing, which he doesn't still tell her about until summer night, that he tells her about everything, as opposed to like, yes, I'm just a wizard private investigator who fights monsters sometimes, um, you know, so I, yeah, I'd have to read it for the specifics, but I'm pretty sure like, you know, like she even threatens him, right? Because she knew that he was holding something back. She just didn't know what. And so she's like, we're going to go investigate this scene. Would you like to tell me anything? And he's like, sure wouldn't. And that's why, you know, when everything comes together and then they see the body and it's like, do you know this woman? And that's, you know, where she gets, where he gets handcuffed is because now he is, you know, like the last person to see her alive as far as anybody knows. Not so only that, that makes but him, the drawing that Kim Delaney had of the spell circles she had dropped in uh, Max and Karen picked it up and so she was able to pull out this right. is exactly the same thing you've been lying to me 
And she is assuming that Harry knows a lot more than he does at that point because he is piecing sure. together what was going on with McFinn and the spells and trying to do the uh, prison cage again. But um, she had a kind of reasonable uh, understanding that he knew way more and wasn't telling. And she, I can't remember exactly when, but before they walked into that room, she did say like, do you have anything to tell me? You have to be upfront right. or you're going to pay. Right. So, and that's, and that's why I'm saying like, yeah, I, he's not going to be able to sit there and tell her, well, you know, Kim Delaney was helping Mac Finn with this magic circle because he didn't know any of that to that point. But he could have easily been like, hey, Murph, look, this is all I know. Like, you know, like, hey, you know, my, you know, my apprentice came to me with this thing or whatever. And yeah, like I, I'd have to look at it because the details might even be fuzzy on that. You know, just that, you know, because up to that point, he didn't know what the circle was for, right? He thought it was like, it was an impossibility. And it was but, definitely, it was above his head, let alone her head. Um, right. This but. is also, like, it ties to the same issue of the conversation that he had with Kim Delaney when she was asking, how do I do this right? And he right. basically just shut her down. He didn't explain as much That's as he fair. could. He Like, he said, like, well, this does the spiritual, this does the physical, and this one is an impossibility because it's doing both. But he didn't like try to actually explore it with her in any way to teach her. He just said, don't do it, which eventually he learns that that's not the right response to, to give people to actually stop doing. Well, and that's also he I mean, he could have easily just taken five seconds and been like, what would you do if somebody told you that Harry Dresden? Right. Hell, I mean, and that's a great point. That might be an even that might be an even better decision to second guess. Right. Is that you know he how could he have saved Kim Delaney by fucking explaining it or asking more questions? You know, like where did you see this? You know, like yeah. why are why well, that's the thing? She like she was squirrely about it too, and right. like she wasn't she probably wasn't going to tell him right then and there during that conversation anything, which is also probably what fueled his holding back. But he could have easily theoretically uh, moved to keep an eye on her. After right. that. He's a private investigator. Maybe he could have followed her to make yeah, sure she was okay. You know, maybe he had <laughs> maybe he had a lock of three of his his part-time apprentice's hair at the time, right. just in case. If you know, if if you know he was concerned or you know had the skills, you know. Yeah, because I mean, let's you know, even if we even if he starts spilling whatever he thinks he knows at that point with Murphy we're still going to get the reveal of the napkin in her pocket. And she's still probably going to punch him in the face because in her mind, that's still holding back. Cause he doesn't mention that. And right. obviously he wouldn't know to at that moment, but. He wouldn't know to, but he had an opportunity to dig in more and he didn't take it because he just said, don't do it anyway. Oh yeah. No, that, yeah. no, I was fast forwarding again to. Yeah, no, but like these are two halves of the same problem. Uh, and so like his lack of communication with Kim Delaney leads to his lack of communication with Murphy, which leads to his tooth getting chipped. But you know, he's a wizard. It's a, you know, it's terminal a, it's a, predis it's a predis predisposition to terminal holding back. And then it gets <laughs> yeah. you hurt. It's like crack for wizards. So, well, that's the thing. It's <laughs> on the one side of the coin. It's like crack on the other side of the coin. It's like, mm, chip tooth. You're dead. Right. Well, and that, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, yes, you know, holding back the secrets of the universe, obviously that's like cocaine, fine, you know, whatever. But like some of this shit, 
like there is definitely a time to need to know, right? Like, you know, I, I definitely try to play into the tropes of a wizard myself at times, but it's like, if you go into the necromancer's lair, now is not the time to be keeping secrets about like what you think the defenses might be and what his capabilities are and shit like that. You know, like you, you suspect that maybe just maybe there is possibly a demigod or, you know, just maybe a big cursed werewolf running around. Now is not the time to be squirrely with you know like ps silver really good you know against werewolves and there's possibly three kinds and i mean you know now is the time to info dump <laughs> he did already hand over that report on the various types of werewolves that he had gotten from bob as well so he had already given that to her that's how she was prepared with the inherited silver bullets but only right. half points for communication She's like, am I the only one that did the reading? Come on, guys. Like, <laughs> Oh, Denton did. And Denton got freaked out enough to be able to try to set him up. Well, that's why a lot of his, I mean, as famously as I don't like her, I think a lot of the blame lays more on her because she was, I think it's informed by the previous book and how she was already felt like he, what he had not told her had gotten her fucked over. And therefore, even with this, nothing was really going to be good enough short of, I mean, she could have had him on video in a Burger King somewhere and she still probably would have found a way to try and blame him in this book. I mean, fair enough. This is a terminal problem that he eventually gets uh, better with, with um, not communicating to people who need to know. I mean, he starts with Murphy and telling her in Summer Night, uh, but then, I mean, he only kind of tells things to the alphas because they were already on their way to knowing things because of Tara West. But the, he doesn't even tell them everything until someone dies in Turncoat. Like he, It's something that he's still not good with up until it gets way too uh, bad. But yeah, it, ha it builds a resentment in all the other characters that are trying to both work with him and learn from him. And he just says, no, I'm not telling you, don't do this thing. And it, I mean, she still has to do her job. And so I, that resentment has built from the previous book. I agree. So it's explainable, even though she's out of line to break him. Mm -hmm. Shall we move to uh, what was the biggest decision to second guess? In I was going to say, there's, we, we have one listed there, but I'm thinking about it more. It's like <laughs> probably like 10. Yeah, I think Great Peril is there's more second guessing. I mean, to continue the communication line, he could have been more communicative with Susan to both understand what she's going to do, make her better able to uh, protect herself and know what she's getting into. Uh, no, and again, again this, this one's on her fault. I'm sorry. You don't, if you get, you have now experienced in two books, Susan Rodriguez, especially the first one directly, even though you were kind of drugged and out of it, but you had a toad demon come after you and you had your naked boyfriend shoot a lightning bolt into it. And then you rescued him from a pack of street thug werewolves in the second book. If the guy who you're supposedly in love with or falling in love with tells you these are fucking vampires, I know it's important to your career. Maybe don't come to this one. That should be enough. There really should. There's no amount of communication. There's no amount of anything that wasn't going to make her even more fascinated. So, yeah, you don't leave her the means to um, forge an invitation. Yeah. That's a stupid idea. Yeah, don't leave the invitation easily accessible. I mean, right. that's, that, but 
normal maybe level you don't, of paranoia would have helped you there, but there's... Maybe you say know. you're not going to go in the first place. That's a decision you could have made. But he did say that, didn't he? What, to actually go? Well, yeah, no, he wasn't going, but he does eventually. Right. But that's the thing. So I guess that decision kind of feeds into it. It's like, I'm not doing this. And then he just kind of carelessly puts it down. And so he probably would have ended up having to go once he finds out that she went there. Yeah. He could have burnt the uh, invitation if he was being really serious. Don't pick up a sword of the cross and try and use it against your crazy godmother when it's not supposed to be used like that. I think the I think the the deciding factor there what happens is because he breaks a promise, right? That's or, or an oath. Well, he yeah, he does that as no, no. That the third one for that is at the party when Susan has to give up a year of memory for him because he breaks it the third time. Uh, no, I this, mean, he picks up the sword to defend her against his godmother, right? Because he's like, go away, I, I won't, or whatever it is. I, I, no, that was in the graveyard and with with charity and um, yeah, whatever. He and tries to what, use it against her to yeah. for personal gain, essentially, yeah. like yeah. because yeah. he he used it to back out of the deal that she had just made with him of uh, helping him deal with the problem right at that moment in the graveyard, and because he used it to break an oath, yeah. So it's a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. There's the decision, don't start a war over a girl you like. That that's a that's a decision. There's lots of decisions in Grave Peril that which is I think is probably why Summer Night doesn't have any because we front loaded it with this one. <laughs> it's, right. it's 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 probably Fair. that decision that's the the split right for the actual Well, that's what we seem that's what I feel is the strongest one and have pretty much forever. Um right. yeah. That, I mean, the reason why I went with the invitation one, though, is because if if he had been better with the invitation, like a third or more of the book would have been completely different. Yeah, you know, well, like, you don't have to worry about the decision to start a war if you don't go or if Susan's well, not there. Yeah, he might have still gone, but Susan wouldn't have been there and he wouldn't have been backed into a corner. You know, for example, he wouldn't you know, he wouldn't have had to go like back in to get, you know. Yeah, it, there's just so much, right? Well, going so is a many... lot of the problem, too, because it allows for him because he would have probably tried to save Lydia. And that's an easy catalyst to start things if you want to as the Red Court, if he starts slinging fireballs over that. Well, yeah, but he didn't anyways, right? Like she was still there and, you know, she certainly had, you know, some play in when he was captured and that sort of thing. But does she does she make it out? Yeah, she made it up. Oh, yeah, the first she time makes it up. Because okay. Thomas tried to eat her when they were going right. back in. Because that was Bianca's initial plan was that was the Susan thing comes later as like a backup. But the initial Bonus. plan was we're gonna eat Lydia in front of you. Are you gonna start some shit so we can start our war? It and that wasn't only... even just eating. It was because he had uh broken what was going on with uh Amarakius. Leah was able to trade that for the Athame, yeah. and then they were going to use Amarakius to take the blood of an innocent. Yeah. 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 So it was not even just eating her. They were going to destroy one of the swords of the Knights of the Cross. So, really, I mean, again, a lot of these choices are pretty well intertwined because it all seems like even if he decides, I'm not going to this thing, and he burns the invitation circumstances are going to make him go to this thing. And <laughs> because the sword will be there, because he'll still have probably made that choice. And right. Lydia will still be there because he would have made that choice to help her out in the first place. So he's going to track one of the two to get there. Okay. So ultimately then 
This all stems from one really bad decision, though, which was his decision to get out of bed that day. Right. Yeah. It was all downhill from there. If he called in sick and Lydia couldn't give him the case, then nothing happens. Well, she would have been eaten, but he would have never known. It's just, I mean, how many right. people get eaten every day that he doesn't know about? At, at least two, probably. I don't know. Michael might have still dragged him into that because he was still running around biting all of the uh, ghosts with Michael. Well, I, the Kravos right. spit, I don't know that he avoids because that's personal. That's yeah. the ghost was kind of coming after him. Right. But Kravos and Bianca are intertwined and Kravos and the Carpenter family and Michael and his do-gooderiness. We can't just leave an innocent girl to be like, yeah, I don't, I don't think he's getting out of any of that. Well, no, I mean, and that's, I mean, he's got that push from the good side. He's got the push from the bad side of Bianca thinks he's the best way to start this war off. And she turns out to be correct. It's just a matter of which domino are we going to be able to push over to make that public enough to happen. And Jim says all of them. Well, I mean, in, at the end. It's in his style. <laughs> it's, it, but, so. Yeah, he should have taken a vacation that day. Or that <laughs> week. He should have just been out of town. Yeah. The only player so. that wasn't really involved, actually, was Marcone in this one. Because we got... As, see, if he'd worked for him, yeah. he would have just been chilling somewhere. Or he'd have just been representing two different parties. You don't think Marcone got an invitation and sent people? Or did he get an invitation and he pulled a Star Wars to be like, it's a trap, send no reply, you know? I mean, so, that's we didn't see him at the I was going to say, he doesn't, he doesn't really come Surely, up at all. But, but and I don't yeah, think he's... I just, I, I, now, he probably would have sent somebody, but I think then it's not like, like he's not, he's not going to send Hendrix there just because he got an invitation to go. I don't, don't know. Not at that point. Yet. So Hendrix has like, got his holy underwear on. He's just like, bring it, vampires. So, like, now we do we do not consort with vampires, Hendrix. And then they go have a beer. <laughs> Credits roll. Best story ever. Yeah, pretty much. So yeah, there's there's lots of lots of decisions and yeah. problems. Rick the messy one, and still summer night. Yeah. Like, what what's the big bad decision there? Because I mean, he, the biggest decision he made, more or less, was when he decided, am, am I going to continue on to the battle, or am I just going to hand it over to Rashid and the White Council, which would have led to his death, and he didn't know that when he made the decision. Right. He still made the There's, right one. Right. There's plenty of decisions we could second guess, but if we changed them, they would have wound up worse for him. Uh, you know, which is not the idea that I had for the topic, but uh, yeah, because it's like we could make shittier decisions than Harry every day of the week, right? We just got to enhance his inability to ask questions and and stay home and whatever. But what, some in the comments that suggested were like how he handled the kids, you know, how he handled the uh, the wild fake kids uh, mm-hmm. that, you know, maybe he was instrumental in, in cheesing off Ace or um in Meryl's death and that sort of thing but like nothing did it herself yeah I was like nothing jumped out at me like it it does thinking about it it does have parallels to what he did to Susan a little bit but I don't think he pushed Meryl like he pushed Susan right you know so like that's that's where I was like did I don't remember if he did anything like that that like made her Hulk out but Mm -hmm. she no made her battle to get to to get to Lily yeah, she right. made her choice so that she was able to fight better in that battle to be able to save Lily. Uh, so she became full ogre, right? It's ogre. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then Troll, and then died in battle, but that was completely her choice. 
Right. Yeah, no. I mean, the kids, they kept po poking and prodding at him, like, hey, we need help. Hey, we need help. Hey, we need help. Including right. Ace. I mean, Ace is doing, Ace doing what he's doing is his own rationalization because he was the betrayer in that one. And so, like, him getting angry after the fact, like, you stole my family, it's like, uh, you, you have done that yourself. <laughs> kind of right. deal. So. Yeah. so, I mean, this is the first time we really get to see the fairy. So it's the first introduction to Mab and he threatens her with iron. And so we could quibble on he's not quite clever enough in how he asks questions or how he treats contracts yet, because as he says, you're not allowed to hurt me uh, for going against a decision that she makes, but then she decides to hurt him out of spite. Like that shows the loophole that he wasn't clever enough to think of. Or the same thing when he's asking Aurora, have you seen Lily lately? And she says, I haven't seen her here and I only ever see her here. She's just very closely in line with truth to be able to be that fey obfuscation. And he didn't ask the full clever questions that he could have. I think Lily could also have lied. She's, it is said later she's infected, right? She's infected, but there's no guarantee that Aurora could lie. You know, Aurora, not Lily. Right. Aurora, yeah. Aurora, yeah. Aurora should be able to go against her nature and lie. Aurora well, was that... going against her nature by trying to destroy the balance of the Fae, but that's not the same thing as being able to lie, and we shouldn't conflate the what Maeve can do and what Aurora was doing. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's thin. We never, I don't know if we saw her prove out a lie, but I think the whole, she could go against her nature, but that doesn't mean she can lie is a thin argument. So, well, but. I mean, we don't know is the problem. Like, we don't know if there was specific I'll specifications. I'll let you have to... that, but. Well, well it seems would, to be, it focused. It's all infected, so can another probably. I don't know about that. It's not like Le Leah never lies when she's. I think it's more of well, a. No, no. Well, it's. It seems to be the thing they they would most um, want, quote unquote. So for Maeve, it was the ability to lie and and lie to herself and be free, quote unquote. For Leah, it was her lust for power to actually achieve the same kind of level as Mab. For Aurora, it's to stop this whole war for balance that's hurting everyone in her view. So maybe they get the other perks on the side, but they it seems to focus on that, you know, it twigs that one thing that's really irking you and facilitates that type, yeah. at least with the Fae. It's easy. Um, it's probably a bit conservative and probably safe to think it's only like one major change that Nemesis can be doing. But if there is more, we just haven't seen proof of it, and we shouldn't be making assumptions that we we can't. And that that's all. We should always assume the worst. Yeah, I mean, you're you're technically correct, but we're also we're drawing parallels in and conjecture right like yes i'm not saying like you can absolutely assume this but it's kind of like saying like well look man just because you've got a cold and i've got a cold doesn't mean that we're both gonna have sniffles and doesn't mean that we're both gonna have a cough it's like i mean kind of the mechanisms the same generally affects the biology the same so i mean we're talking about a, a disease an infection that infects the fey I don't I don't know why one would want to overthrow the balance of the universe and then the other one could just tell lies. That seems like a thin a thin argument is all I'm saying. So well, I guess it's whatever Nemesis feels like it can facilitate its goals best and 
to both get the person and then do the thing because obviously each of these elements are what leads to nearly catastrophic results right i mean it probably also has to do like there may be a measure of how much the host wants you know or you know the host's own wants and desires because right that's what like i a, think aurora it... yeah aurora didn't need to lie to achieve her goals nemesis just kind of pushed her to be able to defy the natural order whereas mm -hmm. like mave was like she wanted the chaos she wanted all of it you know so mm -hmm. um but yep. anyway so i guess the only second guessing decision maybe is he does get offered the knight position for the first time in this book at the end of it he doesn't take it obviously actually he gets I don't remember. Does he get offered it first? I know he gets offered it at the end of the battle. He gets offered it in the in the office I too. I don't think he gets offered it because Mab says that uh, Leah had sold his mortgage. Is right. and so then it's they... just the three test thing. But he yeah. does get offered it at the end, and it would undo the rest of those whatevers. Yeah, right? I think so. so would that have should he have taken it better? Yeah. Well, it would have. It's. I feel like it's probably a lot. Yeah, always sure, the same. Sure. You wouldn't have had to do several favors. And almost well, be out of out of the deal. And it's the same it. as I don't know that he wouldn't have had to do the favors. He probably just would have been a job at that works. point. Exactly. Yeah, I was like, he still would have had to go save Marcone, you know, for sure. example, sure. You know, sure. because he was almost out. And then, yeah. So it's really it's it's a lot like Marcone taking that deal at, in what we now know is Full Moon. But so his support structure changes. He does this test for the white council and kind of gets in good or at least back to, you know, not entirely in the red at the end of this. But if that then ends with him taking the night job. Yeah. Their paranoia of him is uh, going to ramp up a little bit quicker. Yeah. Where does that shake out? Badly. Yeah. Well, I, the reason, the reason why I'm quibbling is because it's like, if he had taken the night earlier, would it have had any positive benefits? <laughs> because otherwise that, that seems like one of those, like, sure, we could have made a worse decision, but I'm not sure, like, would this have benefited him anywhere? Like, well, well in um, the same way that if he has this structure behind him now, that's a little more active than people who are trying to Does kick he have him a structure face. right now? <laughs> yeah. Or does he it's just have... What do you what do you have been fighting? Well, so Summer Night, the Vampire War is just kicked off. How does that change by him being the Winter Night? You know, maybe all the assassination attempts stop because they're trying to assassinate the Winter Night. Well, I was going to say so. Maybe yeah, I mean, Fairy gets involved quicker, right? But, well, no, but like no, Mab, then... Mab would be like, if you're not strong enough to fight off some vampires, you're not strong enough to be my knight, right? So it's just like it. But... Now but he's just got fairies trying guilty. to whack him at the same time, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, but he's still got the inherent value that we know. It's like, yes, obviously, if he's not worth her time, but he is worth her time in the meta sense because we know what he is and she knows what he is. Right. So she's always going to it's the same way she puts up with his bullshit more than she ever would from just, you know, random Joe Schmo night because you have utility to me. So. I mean, so the very next book doesn't really f have a huge factor on either side helping him one way. Like, he doesn't really need it or ask for it from my recollection that it's not like the council d denies him any help dealing with Nicodemus and stuff. Yeah. If I he mean, takes he the him... winter night in, in summer night, 
Um, it affects how something works in proven guilty significantly because he would be winter night in the middle of the Red Corp uh, war, but in proven guilty, the problem was that in Deadbeat, the Red Court had uh, run away, crossing over ferry, and the Summer Court had brought their forces to at least maintain the territory, and Winter hadn't. And so he had to investigate as to why Winter wasn't doing anything. Arctis Tor was under siege, and Molly got involved in all of that. So that book at least would have significantly changed in the order of things if he had already gotten Winter involved by being the Winter Knight in the Red Court War. It's also an interesting thought about would this Harry Harry at this point would he have built enough character to resist the winter mantle? Probably not. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's at a pretty low point in this book, even if he starts mm -hmm. to climb out of it by the end. So, I mean, I don't because the very next one the big decision would be whether or not he actually grabs the coin versus the kid i assume is mm. kind of what we would go with so he does have to start dealing with temptation of a pretty primordial force quote unquote not too long after this but so i don't know yeah having both aspects of temptation at once is not something that he had to experience already and that would have been Oh yeah, well, um, if this test. happens and he touches the coin, then then he's probably fucked. Yeah, um, yeah. But I if mean, he had the mantle, he probably would have touched the coin regardless. I know, right? So, like, he would have had both. Like, is because because like, is there anything him having access to the winter mantle, winter night mantle, would have changed that? And and I don't think so. Like, unless well, maybe he maybe he went more aggressive against the Denarians because he's still trying to get a handle on the the Winter Mantle, and he lays a couple more of them out. But like, they throw the coin, he's gonna pick it up, and now he's, he's got to contend with both things. Like, well, it's but a he's also of, got the power of both things. Like, yeah, crap. I think it's a matter yeah. of when Lash says you're easier to talk to when you're asleep. So she's already twigging on his more basal instincts and that's the stuff that he that led him to want the mantle too and as we see with the pin that it's wearing later on in cold days like his id is all about this right so if she's already then talking to that side of him that's influenced by it and like yeah let's go i do think he's significantly not certainly but significantly more likely to have picked up the coin over the years because Lash is going to do exactly that of playing to his baser desires. Maybe he would take up on the illusion sex that she would kept offering and things like that, then just giving more and more power. Um, I think he would have been less likely to actually have changed the shadow if he had the winter mantle because he would have been thinking in the ways of winter, which is what she's expecting as being a Denarian instead of giving her compassion. Or, or it's, you know, one of those, like, the reason why he could deal with the Winter Mantle is because of the lessons he learned dealing with Lash. And, you know, the, the Winter Mantle already beating up his id and enhancing his id might have been just the crux that she needed to leverage him further, you know, and he would have actually taken up the coin in full. And then we would have had actually Dark Harry because he's got two Dark Mantles, more or less. Exactly. You know, Assuming like, Nab yeah. does not want competition and tries to interfere sure. in, in excising it, quote unquote. 
which if it's still just a shadow, she could probably do. But if it's a coin, I don't know. I doubt as that's, you know, because that's laying on the free will aspect. And, you know, we get that lesson later on is how she can't take away your free will. Right. But she's a very good arguer. She could probably lay out an argument of this thing is now controlling your life. Are you going to stand for that? Um. I mean, yeah. Uh, it's a matter of how valuable she sees it as a something to help versus taking away the thing she wants or needs. I'm going to count that as getting through eight books, even though we technically didn't. Eight <laughs> because books, it sounds because good. we talked about we talked about proven guilty. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And we skipped over the rest. And, well, I mean, we we briefly named, you know, death masks and blood mm-hmm. rights. You know, well, we need we didn't talk nearly enough about uh, about deadbeat. So, so yeah. now we've got something for two weeks. So, yeah, I think in when two we weeks, do this we'll again, third we'll start guesses. with blood rights. So, no, no, we, this could be our new uh, tier listing. We can draw this out as content, and all all of our wonderful fans will will be thrilled about it. And um, yeah, I mean, and man. speaking of all our wonderful fans, we have a Patreon. Oh, you're yeah. going to remember to do it this time. <laughs> I, I tried to Normally, to she it. turns it off too soon is the problem. Step <laughs> away from your computer, director. <laughs> Hands up. Hand check. <laughs> you, can go, you can go visit it. The link will be in the in the description below on YouTube. Uh, oh, it will? It will, will it? Yeah. You, 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 you yes. Right? <laughs> you're supposed to edit the description. That's what professionals You're supposed to do. put the thumbnails. I do. Wow. When I'm here. Mostly. But you're not here. You're there. I'm, I'm so here. Glad I have none of these. You're there. Do we, have a, do we have a tombstone thumbnail or not? Like, like are we missing one for Merlin? I don't know. Are we? We are. Okay. I don't look at our YouTube. Are we? <laughs> I don't even know what we're talking about. <laughs> you can come on Discord and you can yell at us in chat. Yeah, and you can uh, make fun of us for not having put in descriptions or not having done the thumbnails on time. Well, you can try. Some of us aren't going to care. Yeah, you can you can talk to us on Discord, and we'll make fun of you back, regardless. Yeah, even if you say smart and good things. Right. Cody Especially can vouch. Then. Yeah. Cody loves getting made fun of. It's like his favorite thing. Mm-hmm. I think he should pay us more for the privilege. <laughs> That's right. All right. Uh, at some Inflation, point, man. Fees are going up. <laughs> what? So what's... What's next week? Next, no next week, uh, oh, Kurosawa, right? I'm not talking Kurosawa. to you. I'm talking to her. <laughs> Kurosawa. Yes. yes. And Ben is the movies. one who's the expert this time. And so he suggests Yojimbo and Roshoman. And it's like, okay, I can't exactly yeah. evaluate I mean, these things. Shocker. They're in black and white. Of course, he's the expert. So They're all in yeah. black and white, I think. <laughs> I know that's the joke. Thank you. <laughs> No, See I now, think one, I think there's one or two that's colored. Now I'm doubly upset. First, I couldn't talk about Tombstone, and now you guys are letting Ben decide what we're doing. Well, actually, it's, it's the director's fault, to... though. Yeah, of course it is. Because... But <laughs> I mean, to be fair, there was a rather natural progression of she hadn't seen enough westerns, so we had to suggest a bunch of good pop culture westerns for her, even though we didn't get to like plenty of other really good you know, Westerns. Yeah, we should do that again. Um, at some point. And then More it naturally pleasure. bled into the Western genre was absolutely fuel- fueled in part by these movies. So, 
you know, she mentioned, oh, hey, I haven't seen enough of these movies either. And Ben's like, boy, do I have a list for you. So. Yeah, he does. Holy shit. Um, that was a, a lot to try to read and process. And so just like, okay, he picked two because as we've been learning when we're talking about movies, we will go on and on and on and on. We only had five to talk about last time and we still went on for almost two hours. So we'll do two and see. Originally we were going to do one and just go deep, but uh, nobody else chimed in. So Ben was like, Alexis and one of Andreas's. And then that's, that's what we go with. I guess so. So, so next week we can talk about Kurosawa movies. Yeah. Yes. 